early on in Jesus' ministry, he met some men and told them to follow him. These men were Peter, James, and John, Luke chapter 5. While talking to Peter, Jesus said that he would make him a fisher of men. Peter, James, and John were in the fishing industry, but after meeting Jesus, Scripture says, they had brought their boats to land. They left everything and followed him. Luke chapter 5, verse 11. Throughout Christ's ministry, he continued to teach his disciples about the things of God. Things that, that really mattered. Things greater than what this world has to offer. And then before Christ's ascension, he found Jesus. He found seven of his disciples on a fishing boat, not catching any fish. And Jesus said, cast your net on the other side. And they did. Do you recall what happened? They caught so many fish that they figured out that was Jesus. In a subsequent conversation, he told Peter to feed my sheep. John chapter 21, verse 17. The sermon today is called Worldliness or Godliness, Quarrels, Friendships, Exaltations. The first point is quarrels. James chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire and do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it, spend it on your passions. Adultery is a real concern between married couples. And I say married couples because that is part of the definition of adultery. It is one person having sexual relationship with another person who is not their spouse. It is so egregious. It can be that great trust breaker leading to divorce. So premarital counselors and marriage counselors uh, teach skills so you learn how to make your marriage adultery proof. Communication skills, loving skills, awareness skills, and of course, if you speak to a Christian counselor, godly skills. It is important to prepare your hearts and minds against worldliness from the get-go. Worldliness negativity. What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? In Scripture, personal passions are never talked about as a positive trait for Christians. It has more to do with what I want, what meets my agenda, what comes from what I believe is best for me now. 
rather than what is good for a joint relationship. This is applicable for a marriage relationship and your relationship with God. We live in a world that does not appreciate God. We live in a world that does not appreciate godliness. When people create laws that say a preacher cannot speak God's word, or that people who follow God's path cannot voice their concerns or speak God's truth, you have a great example of worldliness. These are people that desire conformity to their personal passions. Us and God. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. James 4.3 I have heard comedians speak on this because it can be so comical, especially in relationship to marriage situations. So we'll try it out and see if some of you find it interesting. Men, husbands, I think you would agree. If your wife said, where do you want to go eat? Do you know where this is going? Yes, okay. Uh, what is the typical, typical response? I don't care. You pick. So you pick, and what is the reply? I don't want to go there. The result, husbands, you should know by now where I want to go eat. You should know me. I see a lot of smiles out there going, yeah, okay, I relate to that. It's probably uniform. Doesn't God want us to pray to him? He wants clear and precise communication. So some of us don't ask. We just expect him to give us what we want without asking. He should know what I need, what I want. He should prepare it for me and have it for me right away. And maybe we do ask. But we haven't been learning good skills about his will. So we ask with the wrong motives. We ask with the wrong desires. We ask with, without understanding. We want our will, our passion. So will we get what we ask for in that particular situation? Probably not. Evidently, not listening to the will of God and focusing on our passions led James to say this, you adulterous people. James chapter 4, verse 4. Those who have this behavior seek relationship with worldliness. And our relationship with God is harmed. The second point, friendships. James chapter 4, verses 4 through 6. You, adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes 
to be friends with the world makes himself an enemy of God? Or do you suppose it is to no purpose that the scripture says he yearns jealously over the spirit that he has made to dwell in us? But he gives more grace. Therefore, it says God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Friends are good to have. Friends are good to have. However, keeping a friendship can sometimes be difficult. David and Jonathan were an example of a great friendship. 1 Samuel chapters 18 through 20. Basically because their friendship was based on God. Jonathan knew that David was to be king after his father's reign. By natural right, though, Jonathan should have been the next king. But Jonathan chose friendship. Based on God's desire for David and the nation, rather than his expectation by his own father, Saul. I like this quote that's on the slide by Abraham Kuyper. I don't know who he is, but I like what he said. He is your friend who pushes you nearer to God. He is your friend who pushes you nearer to God. So do people of worldliness push you nearer to a relationship with God? Let me ask you, what in your life should come before God? Family, job, politics, our passions. All of these can be our passions. And I'm sure if we talked about it, the list could get quite large and detailed. It is rather a natural or worldly condition of self to think about these things first. We might couch it in what we want best for our family, our church, our community, but our motives may not be so pure. We must determine if our focus is truly on God or our passions. God wants you to love him first. First. Basing all those other things in its proper standing and role. Like Jonathan and David, all relationships should be based first on God's design. And Jonathan made a covenant with the house of David, saying, May the Lord take vengeance on David's enemies. 1 Samuel chapter 20, verse 16. So let's decide that friendship with God is most important. Do you have a problem with people who say ugly things about others? Especially others that you have a close relationship with? Do you have a problem with that? I have a problem with these people, especially if they say things that have no backing. They just spew venom. And of course, there are people who bathe in gossip. 
Here is how scripture categorizes gossip. Romans chapter 1, verses 28 through 30. 32. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They all... They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of faithless, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but they give an approval to those who practice them. So God asks, do you really want to be my friend? Do you really want to be my friend? If you do, humility is important. So what is humility? In our, in our society, those who oppose God's will, those who oppose God's will are not humble before God drug movement, homosexual movement, secularism movement, against God's word movement, abortion movement. Are they humble before God or are they proud of their role against God? Third point, exaltation. James chapter four, seven through 10. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will exalt you. So where's Bex? Bex and Justin bring up the weight things a lot. I will too, right here. If you worked out with weights, you understand the concept of resistance training. You push, pull, struggle against that weight. In essence, it is a fight. Sweating, straining, and determination to win is part of the process. But the goal is to win. This helps us understand the concept scripturally of the word resist. We are to resist the devil. Stand against him and or withstand his attacks. It's going to cause great sweat. It's going to cause great angst. It's a fight. You see, resistance is something all people do. Let me explain. The world resists God's ways, doesn't it? It's a constant fight. It's a constant battle. They're sweating so that God's ways don't win. It is a real fight with real objections, especially the fight within us. You stiff-necked people and circumcised in hearts and ears, you always resist 
the Holy Spirit. As your fathers did, so do you, Acts chapter 7, verse 30, 51. Here we have an example of people who are resisting God himself. They're battling against God. They're living, in essence, in worldliness, and that's what they want to win. Or as Timothy brings out in the time of Moses about those other two fellas. Just as James and Jambres opposed Moses, opposition means to submit, I mean uh, to resist. So these men also oppose or resist the truth. Men corrupted in mind and disqualified regarding the truth, 2 Timothy 3.8. So he brings up the concept of mourn. So those who have resisted God, whether the alien sinner is a term meaning somebody who has not come to God in the first place, or those who turn from God after having already been saved, they need to change their behavior. That is, they need to fully turn their friendship to God and leave worldliness behind. And we do this by drawing near to God. You know, it's, a, it's, a, it's an act that we do. We purposefully do it. It's our desire. How do we draw near to God? How does our nation need to draw near to God? Is it by lingering in worldliness or by showing our true repentance toward God? Repentance is a very humble experience. Anybody here ever been humbled that way? It is heart-wrenching. It's an admission that our life and choices in life are wrong. I was wrong. I did wrong. It's saying I opposed God. I resisted him. And now I repent. And the humble will be the first and the last to turn to God. Humility is a necessary part of that. What made us happy no longer creates happiness but sadness and regret. Our laughter in worldliness has turned to mourning. Our mourning with God has now turned to happiness. So as we turn to God as individuals or as governments, and nations need to turn to God too, don't they? Our mourning will be turned to friendship with God and friendship with God will bring true reward. So we turn, humble yourselves before the Lord, and He will exalt you. I think this one statement summarizes much of this section of Scripture. To be exalted means to be elevated, to be lifted up. Now, I like the people, the idea of building people up through acknowledgments, rewards, or awards. It's a boost to morale. It really is. And God, guess what? He's not opposed to it either. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and He will exalt you. If that's not a type of building up, I don't know what is. It sure would make me feel pretty good. And it does. James chapter 4, verse 10. But the world, as a rule, as a rule, will not exalt someone who puts God first. 
Have you ever known that? Do you recognize that? The world won't do it. There might be certain situations, yeah. But as a rule, no. After Stephen spoke, and those who opposed him uh, could not resist his wisdom, they did not throw him a party. Uh, Stephen, you're right. And thanks for changing our mind and helping us repent. That would have been a beautiful section of Scripture too. But in this case, although they couldn't fight against his wisdom from God, they did not throw him a party. They killed him. This government that these people were representing did everything to resist the message of Christ. The government. But God exalted Stephen. If you want praise from anyone, that's the only one that matters. Seek it out. Seek it out. So the sermon is worldliness or godliness, quarrels, friendships, exaltations. Engage not in quarrels with each other, but acts of godliness. Engage not in friendships with worldliness, but God in godliness. We who look forward to God's exaltation are humble before him. We resist the exaltation the world offers. Remember, Jesus told them, I will make you fishers of men. I wonder how long the boat sat there. Empty. If there's anybody here this morning who has any needs or concerns or prayer requests, Please come forward now as together we stand and sing.